In the Middle East, it is a common greeting like hello or good day. But in most of the rest of the world, the word peace is used to speak of the absence of war or conflict. Given that definition, our world has never truly known peace. Our nation, which prides itself as an economic and military superpower, seeks to promote peace throughout the world. Yet within our nation, we have known the threat of division, strife, and turmoil. In the past year, on a global scale, we have been at war with the coronavirus, and we've struggled with its corresponding health restrictions. The result is peace feels more like a distant ideal than a potential reality. Yet our observance of the Advent and Christmas season celebrates the presence of peace entering our lives and our world. With the coming of Jesus as God's anointed one, we know peace is more than the absence of war and conflict. Peace is a state of being, of inner strength and wholeness. We know peace is more than personal, it is communal and shared. That peace for me must include peace for my neighbor as well as my enemy. We know peace is more than the effort of humans to reach an agreement or form an accord. It is a gift and blessing from God. In this Advent and Christmas sermon series, we'll address each of these aspects toward developing a clear picture of peace. I begin today by focusing on God's blessing of peace. I've selected three scripture readings, all from the Hebrew Bible. The first reading is a command given to Aaron and his descendants who make up Israel's priesthood. They are to speak a blessing over those who gather to worship and offer sacrifices to God. It is a blessing of God's favor and the granting of peace. The next two readings are from the Psalms. Psalm 4 reflects a person of faith who addresses his peers who are disappointed with God. By contrast, the psalmist echoes the language of the ironic blessing in his description of having experienced God's peace as a gift of rest, safety, and security. And finally, Psalm 85 reflects a future reward of those who learn to trust God. They will hear God's word of peace spoken over them and know the intimacy of God's all-encompassing salvation described in terms of an, an embrace of steadfast love and faithfulness and a kiss of righteousness and peace. Let us hear these scriptures read for us by David Paul. The scripture reading today comes from Numbers 6, 23 through 26, from Psalm 4, 6 through 8, and Psalm 85, 8 through 10, from the New Revised Standard Version. A reading of Numbers 6, 23 to 26. God is speaking to Aaron, the brother of Moses and the first among a family of priests. 
Thus you shall bless the people of Israel and say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. A reading of Psalm 4, 6 through 8. There are many who say, Oh, that we might see some good. Let the light of your face shine on us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. A reading of Psalm 85, 8-10. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to the Lord in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that the Lord's glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other. The Word of the Lord. I have three observations about what each of these passages teach us about peace. First, from the number six passage, known as the Aaronic Blessing, we see that peace is God's idea. It is a word of restoration and redemption. It addresses what has gone wrong in our relationship with God that which is broken or damaged due to sin, and how God does what is necessary to make this relationship right again. From this blessing spoken by Aaron and the priesthood, we learn that peace is redemptive and relational. The Aaronic blessing is a threefold repetition of God's commitment to his people. It is relational at every level offering God's provision and protection, offering God's presence and attention, offering God's promise of peace. Three times the Lord's name is repeated to emphasize that God is the source of all goodness in life. And a prime example of this is God's blessing of peace. More than the absence of struggle or disruption of life, Peace is a gift by which God's people know what it is to be secure in their homeland, what it is to know good health and the blessing of children, and what it, what it means to flourish and prosper. This is not the picture of peace our world presents. Peace in our world is more often portrayed as an ideal brought about by an enlightened humanitarian effort. In a similar way, some suggest that our, all that our world needs is for humans to get along and love one another. Well, we all, we all know that's easier said than it is done. The problem with such a picture of peace is that it presumes we know how to love. C.S. Lewis pointed out in his book, The Four Loves, that the three versions of human love have this one thing in common. They are need-based. In other words, our motivation to love 
is in order to get our own needs met. Only the fourth version of love, Lewis says, is the way God loves, what he calls gift love. It is offered to those who need it as a gift, as a manifestation of God's grace. God's love is unconditional and transformational. It is not within our human capacity to show such love to one another unless and until we receive it first from God. Advent speaks of peace in the same way as the gift of God, something God gives and we receive as a blessing. My second observation of peace comes from Psalm 4. Here we see that peace is personal and communal. The psalmist identifies with his community and their struggle to trust God. He validates the experience and despair of his friends and records their plight in these words. There are many who say, oh, that we might see some good. As if they were saying, would that God does something to improve our situation. The psalmist acknowledges how disheartened and discontented his friends are having endured difficult times. He validates how they feel, but then challenges their lack of trust in God. He addresses them from a conviction of faith, having relied on God who proved faithful when the psalmist called upon him to help and save he now seeks to encourage his community to the same confession of faith. He reminds them that God answers prayer and offers help and salvation. In language that echoes the priestly blessing, he prays, Lift up the light of thy countenance upon us, O Lord. He invites God's nature to be revealed so that God might lead those who have gone astray into the right path. He wants to awaken in them the joy and confidence which he himself has kept in his heart despite the presence of adversity. This inner wholeness and well-being he has known and he wants the same for his community. He wants them to experience the gladness of heart, material abundance, and the ability to feel secure and be worry-free in the form of restful sleep. I loved how Lori Hartman spoke of deepening her sense of God's peace in her inner life and how she wants that sense of settledness and calming presence of God to now spill over into, into the lives of others. In this way, I think Lori reflected the biblical idea, ideal, pardon me, idea that peace is communal and shared. The belief that there can never really be peace for me until there is also peace for you, too. This is one of the reasons why our church leadership has prioritized the work of anti-racism and social justice, where individuals and groups of people are without equal justice, there is no peace. We who know God's peace have a moral and spiritual obligation then to learn 
how to identify with and advocate for those who suffer without it, without justice, and without peace. Advent speaks of the fulfillment of a longing of God's people to see the Lord face to face. As John Calvin stated, quote, nothing is more desirable for the consummation of our happiness than that we should behold the serene countenance of God, end quote. How remarkable that in Jesus, God's smile and favor shines on us from the face of a newborn infant as God come to be with us. My third observation from Psalm 85 is that we see that peace is comprehensive and a lasting blessing. Whatever God's people knew of peace in the past or what may have been lacking in their present experience, peace in the Bible is regularly portrayed as a future hope that is comprehensive and lasting. Here the expectation and hoped for peace God will provide as spoken by the psalmist. God will speak peace to his people. God's salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that God's glory may dwell in our land. It is comprehensive in its nature because it speaks of all the benefits God provides. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Advent conveys the same picture of peace as both a present reality brought by Jesus coming to our world for those who put their faith in him and a future hope that is comprehensive and lasting when Jesus returns in glory to establish God's rule on the earth. Already we know there are vaccines which have been developed that hold the promise of bringing COVID-19 under manageable control. Nevertheless, it will be some time next year that the vaccine can be distributed widely enough for us to return to some version of what we once knew in the form of social interactions and gatherings. We have the hope and promise of the vaccine's effect, but meanwhile, we continue to see a surge in the positivity rate in hospitalizations and the number of deaths resulting from this virus. The presence of a vaccine is already a reality, but not yet have we experienced its expected results not until sometime in the future. Already is it, it is developed and effective, but not yet has it been fully realized. That is the same with God's peace, brought into our world by Jesus. Already it is here and in effect for those who've received it by faith, but not yet has it been fully real, realized by all the world. That day is still in the future. Meanwhile, those of us who know the blessing of God's peace are to call attention to its presence already in this world. May God's peace be yours this Advent season 
and always. And may you be willing to share it with everyone God brings into your sphere of influence. Amen.